So John White here with Stories from the Revolution. Um, these podcasts have to do with the fact that we think there is um, a remarkable spiritual paradigm shift going on, not only just in the U.S., but literally around the world, that the spiritual landscape is changing. And today, I have the privilege of interviewing uh, a good friend of mine, Tony Daniels, um, specifically about a new book that she is, she's written and is about to be published. So we're going to talk about that in a minute. But I want you guys to get to know Tony a little bit first. So Tony, share a little bit about your family and some of your background in ministry. Great. Thanks for having me, uh, first of all. Family and ministry. So I, my husband and I went to Uruguay, South America as church planter missionaries back in 97. And we're, we were there roughly 18 years off and on trying to start churches there um, in, in an atheistic, uh, unchristian nation. <laughs> so it was a fascinating journey. We had three children who grew up, one of them grew up her whole life there, and the other two, there's a plane going over, sorry, and the other two um, lived the first five years of their life there before we came back, and then we also adopted an older child while we were down there, and uh, we've had her and our family for seven years now, um, very joyfully, so that's the family. We came back to the States, I guess it's been almost six years now, and are in Nashville. Okay. And some people have heard the story about how you got connected with Luke 10. I mean, your heart was always church planting, but what was Luke 10 and, and that whole story about? Yeah, so there we were in Uruguay, probably what, I don't know, 15 years in or so. And uh, I think my husband had really lost all hope that we could even see a vibrant church form um, many people that had come to Christ with us had left the country. <laughs> so for a while, we were reminded by God um, very strongly that it was his, he was going to build his church. It was our job to make disciples. So because we definitely weren't building a church uh, locally, we were <laughs> seeing people come to Christ, discipling them and then sending them globally, um, which was just ironic, right? And, but we, we had come across Across um, relational uh, wholeness, Thrive Ministry, Life Model Works, and a lot of those organizations, um, because we had been searching for emotional health. We were in a in a country that had a lot of mental uh, illness, a lot of uh, difficulties, personality disorders, things like that. And so we just were searching constantly. You know, can Christ make a difference in that in those situations where we're emotionally struggling to feel His presence, connect with Him? And, um, and so we discovered the Thrive, Thrive Ministries and relational brain skill training and all of that stuff. But, and that was wonderful. But we, of course, as church planters, were like, well, how do you be church in a way that actually grows the 19 relational brain skills and emotional maturity? Because a relation, uh, Christianity is all about a relationship with God and with each other and with ourselves. So if that's what Christianity is all about, wouldn't it make sense that how we are together would actually encourage um, maturity and relational skill training? <laughs> so that was my passion at that point. And God brought us across your path on a Zoom call, random Zoom call. And that was the beginning of a beautiful relationship. And so, as I recall, you, this is maybe seven years ago, something like that. And yeah. you said, hey, we're looking for a house church coach. And 
I said, uh, we have this course called Church 101, and uh, I took you and Matt through that. Uh, we're still, still a very important part of what Luke 10 is about. And one thing led to another. And, and I will say, one of the biggest things that, that shifted during our taking of that course was the idea that our family was a church. Our family was an expression of the body of Christ. It was a valid expression, and it was an expression that was worthy of our time and attention. And believe it or not, we had never heard that before. And um, it shifted everything within us. It shifted the way we did our ministry. And it, my husband had hope for the first time, again, that we could see vibrant families of Jesus take place and form in Uruguay. Yeah. So that's, that's really one of the... Uh, ideas that's at the core of this revolution we're talking about. So we say every home a church, you know, what if that actually could be true and what would that look like? And so that was an idea that you, you guys caught on to and began to live out. And, you know, I'd been praying the 10 to be prayer from Luke 10 verse two, part B, beseech the Lord of the harvest. And somewhere along the line, I'm thinking, you know, I think Matt and Tony are 10 to be answers. Wow. This is really, really cool. So one thing led to another. You guys came back to the States and you have become the Luke 10 training champion. And I want you to say a little bit about that, what that means. But, but I wanted to say, I, I think, uh, Tony, you are one of the very best trainers that I have ever met. You are incredibly effective, not only at training people individually and in groups, but also developing systems of training. So much of what we're doing in Loop 10, um, facilitator training, uh, all of those kind of things is really the result of your work. And so I'm deeply appreciative of who you are and what you are contributing to Loop 10 and to the revolution, I would say as well. But uh, training champion, what, what is that? What do you do? <laughs> Well, um, when I came to Luke 10, you had a, a Luke 10 course and some PDFs and, um, and I would watch you facilitate groups and be a part of this course and saw that what you were doing wasn't just this course. There was so much more going on that you were bringing a new culture um, to all of us and you, not, you and Kent and others that, that were in the, the movement. And and so I started trying to, to figure out how do we develop the course and other opportunities so people can learn all of the things that really this culture was about. Um, and, and, you know, since then we now know it, we have five values that kind of express all those other things that <laughs> that was about, which is wonderful. Um, so I think training champion was uh, what we named me. <laughs> Because I was after this relentless pursuit of how do we really hone skills in people for how they facilitate these types of environments and then how they grow their own relational skills as they're doing it um, at, so that we can be church um, in a more effective way. So really just developing those opportunities for people to learn in a discovery way, in a very holistic way with us um, as they grow. Some years ago, we felt like the Lord spoke to us, increased capacity. And I think you've had such a critical role in that of developing systems so that we could end up training way more people than we ever would have before. You've kind of brought order out of chaos. Uh, and I, I, for one, uh, deeply appreciate that. Um, Thank you. So 
one of the things uh, in the, the last year or two is that you felt like the Lord was directing you to write another book. And so I'd like you to talk a little bit about what's the title of the book and how did the Lord uh, move you in that direction of writing another book? Yeah, thanks. So it's called Four Keys to Parent Fearlessly, Staying, uh, and then the subtitle is just Staying Joy-Filled and Jesus-Led, Even When You Can't Control the Outcomes. So um, it, I mean, it started seven years ago when I wrote the first book, when I was writing the first book, Back to Joy, and it was my personal journey towards emotional maturity with Christ and, and Emmanuel healing. And um, as I was writing that book, I came across a lot of parenting stories uh, with myself, um, letting God uh, shape me and, and guide me into how to, how to parent my children, right? What to do with them. And I came across a lot of those stories. And I thought, you know, I'm going to save these for a parenting book. Just really sense the Lord saying that, you know, it's, it is a rare thing to find parents who can co-create realities with Christ. Parents who know how to listen to Jesus while they're parenting in such a way that uh, God can guide them and, and teach them and how to actually parent. And so instead of having to follow principles and rules and try to figure it out for myself, you know, I can actually nestle into Christ in the moment and let him tell me what to do because he knows that child's heart and he knows better how to guide them and lead them, right, than I do or than some other book from some other person might. <laughs> so um, I collected those stories and a few years ago, just sensed the Lord saying, it's time, it's time to write this book. And so I went away for a week with all my little stories <laughs> from parenting. And I had a whole bunch of new ones too <laughs> that I could draw on and just sat with the Lord trying to figure out, you know, how the best way to communicate this whole process is. And, you know, it was, it was quite challenging because there's several main things that I want to, wanted to communicate in the book. And one of them is um, the Emmanuel journey or the journey of um, being what we'll call Jesus led because we're working on a book called Jesus led. So how do I communicate this, this being Jesus led thing, right, in parenting? But then the other one too was, but how do I communicate being church with your family? Because that's that church of two that we talk about in Luke 10 is so critical to actually training as parents in order to be able to hear God and be Jesus led in those moments of parenting. And so um, I'm just really struggling and then realizing too that not only is this about me learning to be with Jesus and be Jesus led, but then it's also about me training my children in how to be Jesus led as well. So you've, you can tell there was a lot going on that I was trying to bring down into one book in a hundred pages if possible, right? So, um, so that's what you find is the, the consolidation of all of those desires into, into one place, uh, which took a few years. <laughs> to... Yeah, yeah. So I mean, you're sort of saying this, but I wanna ask the question anyway. So there are dozens, hundreds of books out there on parenting from a Christian perspective, right? Is it just one, one more of those books or is there something different about this book? Well, I hope there's something very different. I've, I've been told it's very different. I think one, one reason it's different, if you've read Back to Joy, if anyone has, um, my style is very vulnerable and I, I'm very raw and I share it like it is. And I share journal entries usually. So you get the, the very raw version of me, which is definitely far from perfect <laughs> um, in all of my mistakes and all of my emotion. 
Um, and so I share those stories and you get to see what that looks like from the inside out. Um, and then, so that's one way that it's very different is it's story-driven, story-based. Um, and I've had several people already say, oh, I was weeping. I found myself in that story. You know, those very things happened to me with my children or, you know, so lots of people can identify with those stories. And I think the other way that, another way that this is very different than other, I've read so many Christian parenting books and all of the ones that I have read have been, this is how to raise godly children, right? This is what you do with a strong-willed child. You know, this is how you grow kids God's way. So it's, it's all about us doing certain things because we're trying to produce a certain outcome. And that outcome is a godly child, whatever that really means. I mean, I mean, we don't really define that. And I realized, you know, as I was parenting that um, I was a three on the Enneagram, which means I like to do it right. I want to do it the, the best way, the right way. So I grabbed those books and, and maybe because of my personality, I tw twisted them or they did damage. I don't know, <laughs> but, but I grabbed them and I was going to implement them perfectly so that my children turned out godly and perfect, right? And, um, um, and you know, as I got into the whole mess of parenting, you quickly realize that you're not in control of those outcomes. You can't control whether your children get abused. Um, you can do everything you can to protect them. That doesn't mean they're not going to get abused and you not even know about it. So you can't control everything that happens to your children or how they respond to the things that happen to them. And so that reality for me of, well, if I can't control that and I can't raise godly children, right? I can't, I can do my best to be um, someone who obviously would, would uh, facilitate that type of environment, but I can't guarantee it. <laughs> so what, what can I control and what can I um, get my head around? And really that was the, the Emmanuel approach and being able to um, control my emotions and how I respond and, and listening to Jesus and getting his perspective on my children so that I can be a resilient parent in the midst of their um, whatever they encounter, whatever they go through. So I think that might be how it's a little different because I'm not promising an outcome. I'm, I'm teaching a process. Um, of, of accompanying our children, um, no matter what uh, is going on in their lives. So this is not 10 steps to produce perfect children <laughs> every right. time, right? It's not, not one of those. That's right. No, not at all. <laughs> if you want to do that, you'll have to go somewhere else. <laughs> I was thinking, I, I think a lot of people know Brene Brown. I was thinking if Brene Brown were to write a, a book, uh, a Christian book on parenting, I think it would be a little bit like what you've written here. I mean, when I read an early copy of it, and it, it is so real and so honest. Um, you know, there's there's nothing fake or put on about this. So, uh, could you tell us one messy story from your book? And um, you know, you have a lot of stories in there that are, uh, you know, it's real life stuff that you've had to deal oh with. My goodness. Kids, you want to pick one? Oh man, a messy one. I wasn't prepared to share a messy one. <laughs> you don't have to read the book to get a messy one. <laughs> yeah, that's right. A challenging one. Let's say it that way. You know, well, I'll share one. How about I share one? I don't know if this one made the book or not. Okay. So, but I mean, I, I'll, it, it just, it, it's fresh on my mind. So if you don't mind, I'll share it. And then people sure. can know there's other ones like it in the book, maybe. Um, 
You know, this one was really powerful for me. Um, so our daughter, our, one of our, our my, she's 20 now. So at the time she was 15, I believe, um, found out she was pregnant, of course, out of wedlock. Um, and um, thankfully told me we had a trusting relationship. So even though she was making decisions that were completely not what we had trained her to do, <laughs> not what we had modeled for her, um, she, uh, she still, we had a, a, enough relational connection that she came and told me, thankfully. And, um, that day, um, I had a meeting. Um, it was actually a church 101 meeting. I was doing a church 101 with my mom of all people and four other adult, 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 meaning older than me women. <laughs> I know I'm an adult, but they were, they were all my mom's age. So, um, I happened to be on that church when I won that day and um, I shared with them what I had just, what I had just found out and that my daughter was actually contemplating an abortion. And, um, and so um, in our, in our very church one one style, I share that and they said, what can we do for you today? What would you like from us today? And, um, and I said, I want everything. I want prayer. I want to listen to Jesus and I want stories, please. And, um, and so we listened to Jesus, um, which meant we took silent time, like three minutes of silence together to just listen to God, right? Um, quietly. And then we would go in around and share what we heard God say. And in my quiet time, I heard God say, this will not come to pass. And I was blown away. I didn't, I didn't want to interpret because sometimes I get in trouble when I interpret what I hear from God. <laughs> um, so I didn't know if he was saying the, the pregnancy wouldn't come to pass, like the baby would not come to pass, or if, you know, the, the relationship with this boy wouldn't come to pass. Like I wasn't sure what it was, but that definitely, I hid that in my heart. Um, I shared that with the ladies and then we went around that circle and I did not know this about any of these ladies except my mother, but each one of them shared with me that they had either, every one of these women had either had a teen pregnancy, all of them had had teen pregnancies. Wow. Several of them had had their babies and a few of them had aborted theirs. Wow. And I mean, it turned into the most beautiful moment of all of them saying, no matter what your daughter chooses, God will redeem it in her life. Mm. Look what he did in mine. Look what he did in mine. Every single one of them. And it freed me from all fear, right? Because your fear is if she has an abortion, she's going to be ruined for life. She will ruin her life, right? Or if she has the baby, she's going to ruin her. I mean, not ruin her life, but like her life will change drastically. And how will we affect, how would, you know, so for God to put me in that moment where I could recognize I was afraid, kind of work these R's, but in community, uh, recognize that fear was there, quiet myself, um, uh, let Jesus um, know I'm not alone because he was there with me talking to us and then revealing truth in the way he did uh, communally with us was, it, it was so beautiful for me. And I left with a, with a, a courage and a strength that it carried me through eight months or well, was it six months of her pregnancy? Um, and then we, we delivered Lily um, and she did not make it. She didn't survive. Um, but we, my daughter and I had the most beautiful experience uh, living through that well, because I had no fear whatsoever. And so I could be fully present for her at every step of the way. She ended up not having an abortion, which was a miracle too. And I won't go into all of that, but 
um, I just valued so much that listening time uh, with community and being able to receive truth from, from God um, to guide me and orient me. That's a great story. Powerful. And uh, what strikes me is that, I guess, Zoom call that you were on, the Church 101 group, uh, what comes to me is, that sounds like church to me. <laughs> yes. you know, what, if, what if that kind of thing actually is what church is about? Yeah. So, um, so I want to just I want to frame this again in the context of these podcasts, stories from the revolution. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we think uh, there is something very significant that God is doing in our day, that the spiritual landscape of America and of the world is changing, mm-hmm. that what church uh, has been in the past is changing. It's I think going back to what the original blueprint was about, and so if we say that um, every home is a church. An awful lot of those homes, parenting is taking place. And, and this book, I think, prepares people for revolutionary kinds of parenting, a way that's probably different from what a lot of people have experienced in the past. And I want to say, too, it's not just for people with biological children. Yeah. So, you know, we, we train spiritual moms and dads in Luke 10 all over the world. And some of them don't have biological children, but they're still parenting. Uh, they're discipling, they're making disciples. Um, and I think that whenever we're in a relationship where we really care about someone and we want their best, um, and they look to us as well um, as caregivers, then this, this type of uh, thing will, will happen. We'll fear for them, right? We'll want them to make the right choices. We'll want to help them turn out best, you know? And so I think this is, is really helpful for that. I've had several people read the book too and say, I, this is helpful for anyone who ever experiences fear at all. I mean, all my stories are related to parenting, but the process is the same, no matter if you're in fear or in anger or in hopeless despair or grief, whatever your feeling might be, this process um, is something you can work through to help get back to joy with you and God so that he can create new realities um, in the situations that you're in. Beautiful. So, so just to restate that, what you're saying is that, uh, yes, it's for uh, people who are parenting physical children, but it's for more than that. It's the whole process of, um, of, of spiritual children as well, which you would really call making disciples. So there's a much broader uh, scope than what you might, might originally think. Yeah. So how does a person get a hold of this book? Great. Okay. Well, uh, depending on when this podcast is released, it will probably have already, it's already published. So they will be able to go get it on Amazon um, and it'll be in the Kindle version and the paperback version. And hopefully by July, um, the audio version will be available as well. Okay. So again, what's the, the publishing date? Um, just so if they get um, It is the 25th of April, which is just in a few days, but it's already on Amazon. So it's already published, but already no there. one will know because this won't go out before the 25th. <laughs> so you can get a, you can get a Kindle version, you can get a, a paper version, and then uh, a few months down the road, uh, an, an audio version will be available, yeah. right? Okay. Yeah. Tony, thank you. I, I am so delighted with your book and uh, I pray that it does really, really well. And uh, just am so glad to be able to work with you in Luke 10 and, and love what you are contributing to the Luke 10 community. So thank you for taking time for the interview. Thank you. Thank you so much. I enjoy it too. I really Take care. Bye for now.